Cold Storage is a podcast where each episode we pick a different story from the long history of comics and dissect and review it for your listening euphoria. Join us as we stumble our way through some of the most important storylines mixed with some of our favorites. Enjoy. Welcome back to another Cold Storage. This is Callie, your new engineer. And this is Spencer, your former engineer. <laughs> and this is Ryan, a domestic engineer. <laughs> yes, right? you, ex- you went exactly mm-hmm. where we wanted it to go. <laughs> Excellent. Ex- yeah. Thank you. Um, I would have accepted the voice of fate, too. Oh, that would have been oh okay. yeah. yeah. I think it's too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Supermarket Sweep was uh, came out on Netflix to watch. What? Supermarket Sweep. You guys ever watch that show? No. What the hell are you talking about? It's like a game show where people run around trying to collect groceries in a grocery store. <laughs> it's like from like the like late 80s or something. That's what I thought. They're showing those on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Is there a new one though? In the world? No, there is a new one coming out, but this is like the old one to get people all hyped up, I guess. Dude, what the... That, why? Why would you? I don't know. Well, I started watching it last night. It was fun. Dude, I don't know, just nostalgia. You should watch Floor is Lava on Netflix. I have. It's no, great. Don't. It's so it's dumb. Great. I love it. Why is your guy's the, problem? The kids love it. Yes. The yeah, kids watch love exactly. it. Kids. Exactly. Love it. The kids love it. So great. watch with the kids. But you said it's just awesome. It is. To watch with the kids. No, oh, yeah, it's I had not. a good time. Dude, they're right next to like a pit that's two feet long and they're freaking out and they're yeah. like, how am I going to jump this? They're like freaking out and it's seriously, you could just step over it. It's so like, it's oh. so like a overblown dude. It's like, they pay him to do that or they pick him out on purpose. Yeah, because they're yeah, over, yeah. over Like I've known some, because like uh, I got a friend who was on like a, one of those cooking competition shows, dude, uh-huh. uh, with his family. Hmm. And dude, I couldn't believe how much of it. Like they told them to like act up and really? stuff. Yeah, it's uh-huh. just like, like yeah, they told them to yeah. punch up like everything they said. And I'm, I'm not like, surprised. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. <laughs> so much I... for reality TV, right, <laughs> yeah, guys? Sorry, crushed you guys, hoes. No reality. Yeah. Well, the reason why I brought up the whole uh, domestic engineer thing before. Uh, is because they'll interview people and be like, so what do you do? And the guy's like, uh, yeah, so I uh, I sell stocks. And he, like, he asks his wife, you're like, what do you do? And she's like, I'm a domestic engineer. And so like, it's like the nice way to say that like... She's <laughs> worthless? Hey. Is that what you're saying, No, Kelly? no, Kelly, Wayne is the, not worthless. What the shit, dude? <laughs> dude. Wayne is completely worth. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I am completely worth. Worthful. Thank you. <laughs> Um, dude, domestic engineers are the heart of America, dude. They're, I know that you yeah. will keep America going. Yep. That's right. And yeah. truckers. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and gangsters. Homemakers and truckers and gangsters. That's yep. right. Because gangsters make the world go round. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Gangsters make the world go round. I don't know if you guys heard that song or not. Uh, it's okay. No, keep going. Okay. Uh, that's all I know. Uh, <laughs> Um, oh, so a real quick update. That kid that I was telling you guys about at, at my work. Um, Give a recap for any new new listeners. So anybody that hasn't listened, uh, I just told him about our show. And for me, because I forgot. Oh, okay. And he has one, one long box. He's oh, that's one right. Long, but yeah. Sure. 
Um, he, I told him, I was like, you can have an extra long lunch if you go by Watchmen. And he's like, okay. So he went to Heebie Jeebies. Oh, respect. Um, he right. showed up. He went to the counter. And he said, uh, my boss told me that I had to get this. <laughs> and, and, and John says, is your boss Callie? And he's like, yeah. He's like, oh, okay. And oh, so, did you think? Dang. Did, wow. Well, no, I just thought it was funny because John, like, I didn't know that John would remember that I worked there. And anyway, right. so the kid ended up buying Watchmen. And he texted me earlier this evening and said that he is like two chapters in and loves it. So, hey. all right, yeah. man. Did he watch the movie? I don't think so. I don't think so he's went into it just brand new? Yeah, brand new. Mm. Yeah. Wow. He said he's always heard it's good. And then I uh, reiterated the fact that it is. And so then he decided to go pick it up. All right. Yep. Good for you. You're doing the Lord's work. Exactly. The Lord yes. Alan Moore. The Lord Alan Moore. Yes. Yep. yep. That's right on point, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. What else? What else is new? What else is going on? Uh, mm, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just got uh, Green Lantern number nine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you yeah, tell right. me about that then, yeah. dude. Yeah. Dude, it's so amazing. I bet. It is the best book I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> it's got I, some pretty wicked editor notes in it. <laughs> it I loved it. Yeah, but my question is cuz uh, so it's the second appearance of Sinestro and he appeared two issues prior to that the first appearance, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he they really went into his yellow ring or anything in that first one. So what I'm wondering about is if my if my editor's note that talks about the yellow ring if that's the first time they maybe that's oh. the first appearance of the yellow ring. I gotta find that. Oh out. yeah. Oh interesting. Yeah, that would be cool, right? Hmm. That would be awesome. But nice. uh yeah, no, it's like uh I just I don't know, man. Uh I just decided I don't need to save money anymore, so I just spend it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, I got some it's the opposite thing. of what you're supposed to be doing during a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> but I just like you're keeping the economy alive, the eBay economy. <laughs> exactly. Good for you. Yeah, I just feel like you know, I kinda am too. Yeah, eBay. I need to stop with that shit. It, it's so hard once you start, though. Oh man, I know. Like I, we, <laughs> I don't. Who sent that Viking King? Oh me. Okay, yeah. Viking Prince. Viking Prince. Jeez, yeah. whiz. It's Thank okay. Um, yeah, there was a hardcover collection of Joe Kubert's Viking Prince that Spence pulled up on eBay, and he sent that, and then. Um, and then we we started talking about that because we all love Cubert, and then Cowie bid on it a whole bunch, and then I bid on it a whole bunch and won it, and it's been stuck. <laughs> it's been stuck at like in Salt Lake at their main sorting station for like five days. What? Yeah, Are they won't serious? send it to me for some reason. Dude, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, so huh. I still don't have that. But anyway, yeah, just uh, yeah, just watch the tracking, dude. If it starts heading back the other direction, right? Exactly. That's happened to me before, where I oh, watched that something come <laughs> on the tracking to Salt Lake and then headed back the way it came oh, because, like, I guess grief. they had the wrong address on there or something. Yeah, I felt really bad that we kept trying to outbid each other, and then and I we I didn't even I didn't even have a clue. <laughs> That it was against you, so. Yeah, dude, that's so, the reason Ryan had to pay ten bucks more than he probably would have. Oh, it's fair. Yeah, it's true. In yeah. love and war, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> yes, um, I've, dude, for some reason, like a week and a half ago, I got this like itch to like try and catch up on Astro City stuff because mm. I was like, I used to have it in my box back when I got single issues, and uh, I just like I went online and just started buying all the trade paperbacks I could 
and it's spending way too much. And then I bought a poster and then an action figure and a poster, really? Yeah, it's out in the hall. It's hmm. like yeah, it's like the promo po- poster for the first issue. Hmm. I from '95. Don't think I've read any, ever. Dude, if you've read the Justice League, you've read it, dude. Basically, Kelly's favorite comics are just comics that are takes off of other comics. <laughs> yeah, remember? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it, it, it's um. There, but the cool thing is, like, for instance, there's a couple stories that. If, if I'm boring, you guys just cut me off. But <clears throat> they can fast forward, dude. There's that. That's, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So two of my favorite stories. Uh, there's one in the in a storyline called Tarnished Angel, and it's this uh, this guy that is um, he goes to court to be uh, put in jail, and um, excuse me. They they talk about like how do you know that he actually did it and because like in the in the world that they're in like people can clone themselves and so like how do you not know that it, how do you know that it wasn't a clone that did the crime as opposed to like the real person hmm. and so the real person should they be punished because the clone committed the crime and so they were trying to prove that's some Harless and Nelson <laughs> bullshit yeah. it's pretty cool Harlison? Did Harlan. I say Harlison? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry, it's Harlan. <laughs> J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> FBI. <laughs> um, and this, the second one, one of my favorite uh, storylines uh, is called Confession. It's a, it's one of the, it's like the second book in the whole series. Um, but it's about a, well, I can't tell you what he is because it gives it all away, but. I'm not going to read it. Well, what about the listeners? They probably don't care. You're the only one that's reading. Okay. (laughs) So anyway, uh, it's a vampire priest who is basically like an archetype of Batman. You guys, if you really do want to avoid spoilers, skip ahead. Yes. For how many minutes? I don't know, like thirty. Thirty minutes. I'm I'm, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, like 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 one minute is. It's only taking me like sixty seconds. Now you're safe to do spoilers. You want. So this the vampire. um, This kid moves to Astro City from like the middle of nowhere, and he wants to be a superhero or meet superheroes. And he starts busting tables at like a restaurant. Well, he gets mugged out in this alleyway outside of the restaurant when he goes takes the trash out. And the confessor is his name. He jumps down and rescues him. He's like this vampire dude. So he like basically like hypnotizes this one guy and beats the crap out of another and then kind of like takes this kid in um now you're gonna insert your catholic priest jokes here because he he uh brings him like robin but his name is altar boy so it's confessor and altar boy mm. like batman and robin wow and they go around kicking the crap out of criminals in Astro City, it's a, it's a really cool story. Does so everybody in Astro City has just as stupid of names. <laughs> yeah, so like the Fantastic Boy, Four. If you're gonna come up with a name, you're Confessor's gonna is pretty cool. That sounds like a Punisher type thing, but yeah, except for it's the other Alter end. Boy, he's just confessing no, stuff. Like, it's like the non-confessor sounds more hard edged. That's true. <laughs> like, that's true. <laughs> the I won't confess shit guy. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Confessor's really easy to break under, yeah, under, exactly. under torture. Yeah. Yeah. He started to sway. He's like, please forgive me. Going around <laughs> telling people like the truth, telling a secret identity before they even ask it. He's conf- <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like the Fantastic Four archetype um, is called the First Family because they're like kind of. Oh, like, dude, that's really that's cute. close to infringing though because they are the First Family uh, right. Marvel. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, yeah. Like, that's a little too but that, close. But that's the point, is like they're supposed to be kind of like Marvel and DC exist in the same universe in this one city. 
Yeah. Isn't there enough Marvel and DC already? <laughs> yeah, but dude, it's Kurt Busiek, yeah. man. He's got so like really some really great ideas. I mean, there's like offs. like I haven't yeah. even read. <laughs> yeah, that's the you thing. Know? Should you be All reading older the ones. ripoffs before you read the originals? Yes. 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 Okay. Oh, right. Well, then, but the thing is, then you don't get the appreciation because isn't that the whole thing that you appreciate it more after having read the original? True. Because they yes. tweak it and yeah. whatnot. But I mean, it's it's different. I don't know, man. I'm just going to shut I up. I just now. want you to prove. I want you to not like it anymore. <laughs> Sell all your Astro City stuff that you just and, and the Midnighter, is that authority or is that. Yeah, that's yeah, authority. That's authority. Okay. See, yeah. that's all ripoff shit, too. Yeah. yeah. Callie, why do you, do you love that stuff? I know, I do, dude. Like, authority. I actually also picked up. Um, oh, you guys are going to hate me for this one, dude. <laughs> you, guys, you guys know uh, what Jupiter's Circle is? Yeah, that's uh, or Jupiter's yeah. legacy. Yeah, so, no, okay. So, there's a series by Mark Millar called Jupiter's uh, legacy. Oh. Yeah, Jupiter's anus. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> just like Uranus, right? Uh, <laughs> very good. <laughs> I, I'm glad I made the uh connection there. Um, but Jupiter's circle is like a prequel to Jupiter's legacy, except so it's like Again, it's the breakdown of the Justice League in the 50s, but these guys have like uh, issues like smoking one's uh, a closeted um, same-sex sex attraction individual and gets busted by the police. Um, and uh, anyway, uh, so it's really cool because they've got like a lot of like real-life problems they're trying to deal with. Um, but they, yeah, like they have the powers of like, stuff. yeah, paying bills. Yeah. yeah. Isn't there all, enough of those too? Yeah, there is. Yeah. <laughs> enough. Of it, yep. Well, there's enough of any kind of comic actually. There's Ooh. one, uh, thing, um, that I was reading a lot of, um, like, uh, magazine, not a lot, but a few magazine articles, like comics, fanzine articles about V for Vendetta when it was coming out mm. and like letters to the editor. I'm not letters to the editor. What do they call when they mail in letters? Fan letters, fan, I guess. Yeah, fan. Um, and yeah, they were all saying like, oh, another a dystopian story. Come on, Alan Moore. Like, so like even he was doing stuff that had been done a million times. But right. I guess if you're doing it right, then it's different. Right. And that's the thing about, I think, that what we're about to talk about here, uh, V for Vendetta. I think that, yes, it's another dystopian uh, future. Well, no, it's the past. But... It was the future when they wrote it. Um, right. right. Um, but it kind of, uh, to me, it stands alone. There's not a lot of things that I can see that mimic it directly. And maybe I'm wrong. Oh, dude, I, that's an open door right there. Because I'm not a for super... Kurt Busiek to... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kurt, Kurt, Kurt come on, dude. <laughs> Nobody has Make coffee. Have you ever been there? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Kurt? Get with our people. <laughs> not to say Kurt Busiek just steals all his ideas. He wrote a lot of the original ideas when he actually worked for um, the main companies. Yes. So. And... Uh, Anyway, yeah. So, good times. So, be prepared right after this news from our leader, Kelly. Brit Britain prevails. First of all, it's England prevails. England prevails! <laughs> I don't know! So, as... Uh, our leader mentioned, um, we're going to be talking about V for Vendetta tonight. Um, it was done by Alan Moore, David Lloyd, originally published in 1982. 
but came to DC Comics in 1988. Um, and uh, it's you all know about it, right? Everybody knows about it. Yes. Not it's everybody a big one. maybe read it, but it's uh, on DC. When it came out with DC, it, DC it was ten issues long, right? Ten, I think. Um, Sounds and, right. And uh, it's just a bunch of it was a bunch of Brits bringing their <laughs> stuff to America, and uh-huh. showing us how to do comics. So, um, yeah, this came out I think originally in uh, England. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right, you can say you can or Britain, you can cross those. But when you say when you're trying to quote the book, it's actually England prevails. Thank you, not Britain prevails or or Liverpool prevails (laughs) (laughs) or Wales prevails. Although I like that one the way that Wales prevails. Oh, can I just give a brief disclaimer? Uh oh. So, more than likely, well, I can guarantee because of what I'm going to (laughs) say. This discussion of this book is going to turn political. Uh oh. So, if your feelings will be hurt because a political party that you are affiliated with uh, might get mocked in some way, then just stop listening. <laughs> or start listening and hit up our Instagram. Because it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, either yeah, one. Yeah. We, we like Instagram fights. Just, just yeah. be, be prepared. <laughs> your tender feelings might get a little hurt. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's been a while since we've gotten in a good fight on Instagram. So it has been. I know. I miss that guy, dude. Yeah, we gotta track that dude down again. <laughs> he, we actually follow that guy, the Kirby oh, Simon, the Kirby the Simon, Simon. Guy. Simon. The, no, not Kirby. Yeah, yeah, the guy that got mad at us for right. saying Kirby Simon. It says Simon Kirby. <laughs> but it's oh, awesome. that's great. Yeah, he was good. He was a good guy. Yeah, right? he, he meant well. His, yeah, his. I think his heart was in the right place. Yeah, just definitely. His, it was. He just, was technically right, but uh, like, <laughs> I hope he hears this so he feels vindicated. But he was technically right, but the point he was trying to fight was just. It's not Garfunkel, Garfunkel and Simon. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Garfunkel and Solman. <laughs> um, or Garf uh, Garfield and John. Davis. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Garfield and Odie. That would have been a there we go. Yeah. yeah. Or John and Garfield. Yeah. Dude, did you guys hear? I should have said this at the beginning, but um, uh, Gary Larson made, came back to the yeah. Farside. Did you hear? Really? About that? No, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. yeah. After like 30 years, dude, he put out his first new Farside comic. Oh, that's awesome! It's crazy, right? Because he started goofing around like digitally. digitally yeah, yeah and he, he he got his. Uh, He's like, oh, I like drawing passion again. for yeah. it back. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, that's cool, dude. So maybe that's what uh, Mike Mignola should do. So he draws once in a while. I know, dude. That guy. <laughs> he draws all the time on Instagram, which is cool. Yes. His stuff on Instagram is like really cool, actually. But I'd love to see him draw another Hellboy, dude. I yeah, know. I like his turnip head guy that he drew, like his little vegetable heads. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're pretty fun. Yeah, and he did like uh, cereal. Do you see those ones? Like uh, uh-huh. the Tony the Tiger and oh, the yeah. Crackle yeah. Pop. Uh-huh. Yeah, those are pretty cool. That was awesome. And that brings us to the UV for Vendetta. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where do we start, dude? Oh boy, where to start? Um, I definitely think it's applicable for today um, in oh, America yes. more so than uh, ever. Yes. Um, well, hell, on like the first or second page, it says like make. Make Britain great yeah. again, or yes. something like that, yeah, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's yeah, one of the first pages. I, I couldn't yep. 
man, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like reading through this, I saw all these different um, like quotes or like different things in the background and stuff. And I'm like, this is so like right now. Um, so it made me want to put on a Guy Fox mask <laughs> and well, that's, uh, blow some good, stuff up. That's good literature, isn't it? Yes. It's applicable always. Yeah. And like, yeah. And like my wife is um, currently listening to 1984 by George Orwell, mm-hmm. which is written in what, like 32 or something like that. Yeah. And, awesome. it, and it, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And like it, it, and I, I haven't read it in like 10 or 15 years, but even then 10 or 15 years ago when I read it, I was like, holy crap, this couldn't be more timely. Yeah. And yeah. then it is, you know, yeah, and it will probably crazy. continue to be more so. And same with this. Mm-hmm. Well, you know? it will be, man. Like you hear like, um, like I, I've seen people post like, um, like pictures of protests and stuff. Um, and they say this picture or this protest, this picture came from 30 years ago. And you're like, what? You're like, right. <laughs> it was like now it's like the same crap. It keeps going on. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you think we would change or learn, but take we somebody don't. like V takes an idea exactly behind a mask like V mm-hmm. to, yeah. to, to make some change yeah um, yeah one of the unfortunate things I mean it's kind of cool that they did it originally but the, one of the unfortunate things is now when people see this mask they're going to think anonymous the hacker group right or the oh right yeah the, um, yeah the people that uh, Occupy Wall Occupy Street Occupy Wall Street yeah. yeah and so other people have taken this on um, like this is like the official like icon for the the hack that hacker group anonymous and you know i think especially like the occupy people probably took it directly from the movie and they probably haven't actually even read the the book i'd be really surprised More likely, if yeah. yeah um so like it's kind of taken on its own connotation which is kind of cool i guess and maybe i don't know uh, maybe it is a cool thing but to me like this this story that you know that this came from is is even better than just like the mask itself right like knowing the actual story of why why these people could take it as as a symbol is pretty cool yes most definitely um but do you guys know um i had to do some research well i didn't have to but this time i did some research on guy fox and who, uh-huh. who he was i'd always i'd only known about him from this book uh, but i guess in britain he's way more well-known hmm. um they actually have guy fox day i think they still do it yeah and they they put they put him up on like a pole and like burn like uh like an image of him not just an image but like a dummy of him an effigy of him. Uh, yeah yeah and well, i think they yeah. do like fireworks and uh-huh. everything like uh hmm. on guy fox day which is like november 5th i'm pretty sure um any of our british listeners please confirm that <laughs> ignorant americans we should probably sure. all know this but we should um but yeah he was he actually wasn't i mean maybe i don't understand the story very much but at least what wikipedia told me he's not the hero that i would have assumed him to be because he wasn't so they talk about the gunpowder plot um in here right they remember remember the 5th of november right. gunpowder uh, treason now plot. forgive me this is so stupid of me is that in here, or is that just in the movie? Because I don't remember reading it in it's here. It's in like one it's, of the first. Yeah, it's issues. in the book. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. All right. they, they say it like right at the first. Okay. It's like like right I'm when sorry. he talks to Evie, I think, for the first yeah, time. Yeah, when he first meet V, basically. Okay. Yeah. thing he says. And so, uh, but yeah, so like I just pictured him, the guy Fox being this guy who had this whole plan to blow up Parliament and do all this stuff. Well, first of all, they never did blow up Parliament. They, they busted him. He was... And he didn't even organize it. It was a group of like 12 people, and he wasn't even the main organizer. Right. But he was 
an important figure um, in that group, but he was supposed to guard the gunpowder that was supposed to blow Parliament up or whatever. And yeah, he got okay. busted like while he was like, because they weren't ready to set it off yet. And he got busted while he was actually guarding it. So here it is right here. I apologize. Yep. So unless I'm wrong, he didn't, the real guy Fox didn't do that much in, in, in as far as the actual gunpowder treason. I know before that he'd led some, stuff that was pretty important and he, I know he fought uh, in some in the military and stuff but yeah I just thought that that was interesting but huh. anyway yeah. they all got busted and then they were all supposed to get drawn no what is it called drawn and quartered well, yeah but it's something else it's like dragged drawn and quartered or something uh, uh, hmm. but anyway dude it's not even what I didn't really even know is that where they tie you to horses and slap their butts and make them go that's opposite directions was, but they drag that's just, them that's just drawn and quartered I believe. yeah so this one they drag them on this rack like a ladder thing right so okay. they drag them on this ladder and then they, is that where they tip it over the fire uh, let's see so oh hanged drawn and quartered so it says it was a statutory penalty in England for people convicted of high treason so it's specifically for high treason um, and it says the convicted traitor would fast, was fastened to a hurdle or a wooden panel and he was drawn by the horse to the place of execution where huh. it was hanged almost to the point of death. So they would, they would hang him almost till he died. Then they would cut, they say emasculated him. They would, so they would oh. cut his genitalia off, disembowel him, behead him, and then chop him into four pieces quartered. Like, wow. that's, dude, that's what they would yeah. do. Like, definitely not coming back from that. Yeah. So uh, the funny thing is, is um, that actually never happened to Guy Pl- or Guy Fox. It did happen to some of the others, hmm. but Guy Fox died like basically on the way there. Like, oh. <laughs> he like <laughs> fell or something. <laughs> he died before they Dang, could even do man. it. Yeah. But yeah, there was eight of them. Um, so yeah, it was pretty interesting. But yeah, so it never actually happened. They all got busted and and got their willies cut off. That and, sucks. Uh, yeah, except for Guy Fox who lucked out and it just died, <laughs> tripped and died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh, and funny other uh, one more fact I found out about him is he also goes by uh, Guido Fox. <laughs> in case you guys were curious, is that right? Yeah, Guido. Fox. <laughs> Guido. Huh. Yeah, they have a signature on the Wikipedia page and it says Guido. Huh. Well, actually. Guido Fox or sometimes Guido Johnson, which is an even better name because that's wow. like the most porny name like I could think of. So Guido Johnson. <laughs> so now huh. just tell everybody you want to wear a Guido Johnson mask. <laughs> and no one will know who it is. That's awesome. Huh. So darn. There's your really little history lesson. I'm probably wrong because I got it all off Wikipedia, but <laughs> yeah. it's close enough for mine. Yeah. 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 Good enough. For us. Yeah, yeah, so I... so uh, oh I one other thing, just uh-huh. in relation to this. So there, I don't know if. Oh, Callie, you told you sent us this video. Yeah, uh, yeah. So why don't you tell us how they came up with it being him? Well, so David Lloyd, I guess um, uh, Alan Moore and David Lloyd were trying to figure out a way, like a character to represent uh, V, and they were having a hard time of designing the hero. And so, just as like a joke, David Lloyd sent Alan Moore some imagery of like V being Guy Fox. And he was like, oh, man, that's a great idea. So they actually decided to take Guy Fox as V, um, kind of off of a joke that David Lloyd ha- had made saying, like, hey, well, V should be Guy Fox. That's, Is awesome. that's what you're getting. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What's interesting to me, though, is, like, it almost feels like the story was built so much around Guy Fox, but, like, right. but it wasn't. And that 
that kind of goes with what I was saying earlier that Guy Fox wasn't necessarily that he wasn't ever successful blowing up Parliament or anything like this. So it's almost like Alan Moore just had this story about this guy, and then and then because David Lloyd said Guy Fox, and yeah, he's like, oh yeah, that worked because of the gunpowder treason. Right. So yeah, it does does seem very central. Right to yeah. the to the character, it's interesting. Which it, it's weird because if you as you read through the book, like um, there is definitely parts where it's like I think it represents Guy Fox, but mostly at the beginning, almost like as if he maybe had to rewrite some of the things. That, like at the very beginning of the book, talking about the gunpowder treason, but I don't know that they bring it up later in the book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of. Um don't as much but but uh yeah he even admitted uh, alan moore admitted in the intro that uh that he kind of didn't know where he was going necessarily with the story when it first came out mm-hmm. um and so like it could have been more focused around that uh, at the beginning and then towards the end um we mentioned earlier that it it was originally published in in uh where wales Wait, yes uh-huh yeah <laughs> and uh and it was uh, published in an anthology magazine uh, before it came out uh, in DC. And it was black and white, I believe, too. Yeah, in fact, and, uh, I might yeah. happen to have one here. So. What? Do you really? Yeah, Dude. Uh, Holy this, cow. Uh, surprise out to show you guys. So, oh. um, yeah, it was originally published in Warrior Magazine. Uh, so this was... Um, Don't get cake on it. Oh, no, yeah, I'm not going to say it down. So, oh, it's got yeah. Miracle Man so, in there? Yeah, yeah, Marvel Man at the time. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, and it was just a British um, black and white comic scene, similar to like the Warren stuff that you see. Right. Yeah. But yeah, there's. Oh yeah. Uh, dude. Dude. And dude, I'm gonna say like so much it does look a lot better. Like this was never meant to be colored, even though yeah, that's where I found out about the Hammer magazines when yeah, I texted baby, you about today. Hammer, yeah. Um, yeah. Dude, you just whipped it out so big right now. <laughs> like I don't even know how to like. I just I just hang drawn to quartered you right now. You I did, dude. You. Yes, you did. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. So, but dude, the art like it looks like it was made for black and white, like a hundred percent. Like the way that they drew is just really sharp, like almost Sin City esque, like blacks uh-huh. and whites. Um, and then they went and colored it later. David Lloyd says he, he stands by the fact that it looks better colored. He's always said that. Hmm. Alan Moore says he thinks it looks better this way. And I have to, I have to agree, man, because like it got some of those panels in the colored version got so muddy that I had a hard time mm-hmm. really telling what was going on. Like this panel up here, uh, for the viewers that can't see, it's like uh, where the priest is. For the viewers that can't see, <laughs> or uh... the listeners, sorry, they can't view. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's where the priest, uh, like it's where Evie's being introduced to the priest, and um, there's a panel with him talking to one of the government uh, agent guys, and I mean it's like the vest of the priest is white when it blends into the background, yeah, and then you see the black shirt, and then there's a white cross, like very apparent on his chest, mm-hmm. which I I think is very interesting contrast. Well, what's cool is he, he, the style he used in this was like he. Oh, did use like a not a lot of outlines, like not a lot of like lines where, you know, he would just leave parts open, like the this part of the priest's head, his full forehead is just open, right? So, right. you and I think it's really cool artistically, but when they colored it, they had to actually put a line of color in there, right? right? Um, so it's not as striking um, in the actual comic itself. Uh, but honestly, that was one of my main things. Is just like sometimes when he would draw a panel, I couldn't tell. First of all, sometimes who he was drawing, because a couple of these characters look really well, close to each yes. other. Yeah, and his—they're all like his art 
Yeah, like he. Listen, I I don't want to get in trouble here, but he <laughs> he's not very consistent with his characters because yeah. sometimes Evie. Every page she looks completely different. <laughs> yeah. she, she does Every look different. single yeah. page. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, okay, so I understand that, Ryan, but also as a, um, oh yeah, yeah, you could, where the skin color oh, changes yeah. the background. But, but as a generalization, right, we're talking like, if we're talking politics, um, a, a lot of like heavier, wealthy white men that are in charge, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you can't uh-huh. tell the difference from them because right. they're all heavy they're all the same yeah exactly and so i in some aspects that hurts the artwork that they look the same mm-hmm. but in some aspects it gets the message across yeah. what i think they're trying to portray yeah that makes sense That's yeah good, like he is trying to portray. astute point i i just think um like sometimes he goes overboard in trying to portray stuff like when he wants to try like draw like a woman who's been worn out uh-huh. <laughs> ages in <laughs> 60 years right yeah. yeah like it happened to evie and it happened to uh that one lady whose like husband got killed or whatever yeah. uh-huh. right like and uh yeah it's like when they're in distress he makes them look like they're 80 year old women dude and that that but i mean Technically, I want to say technically, David Lloyd is a really good artist. Like oh, yeah. his technical ability is amazing. He, he does like um, like the folds and clothes and things. I've noticed that he does those so good, like really good. And uh, I just think that like it's better appreciated to me in black and white. And dude, I wish DC would release like an all black and white version. That would be this. really cool to see. So yeah, cool, dude. Surprised I, I, really, I think they came out with a. They have an absolute edition, but I don't think it's black and white. No, but I think they came out with a V for Vendetta um, like artist noir. Edition. Oh, really? Yeah. Did they? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because I looked it up. Oh, um, really? Dude, I could. I'd have to. Let me hold. On, let me see. And I think the noir is black and white, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see real quick. Um, I'll look it up. But to tell you, um, Ryan, you weren't alone because yes. the letters columns in this issue. Are all saying how they don't like David Lloyd's art, dude. <laughs> like, there's like three. <laughs> I mean, there's like three letters in here. They're just like David Lloyd's art. I, I like it overall. I really do. I think yeah. he's quite good. But just like his, yeah, like his faces. Like if if sometimes if they didn't say Evie, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who right, that person was, but like, right. You know, I still got a hand to the, to the dude. It's really really good um so yeah it's funny because like it is cool to read um like these uh these letters from when it originally got released right but because it's about an anthology most of these (laughs) the british are so well organized too because like these letters they'll go through the first story the second story the third story like every letter is like that dude where there's like here's what i thought about this this story here's what i thought about this story whereas last we would just like point out the things that stood out to us and ignore the rest of it right but yeah like they're like very thoroughly uh doing it but this book it's called warrior magazine uh this didn't cost me a lot i think it was like i don't know dude it was less than 10 bucks I, really yeah. wow dude that's awesome and, but yeah it's got the marvel man which is also written by uh alan moore right um and this one was drawn by alan davis um oh, it was freaking awesome yeah and then uh there's a story called the spiritual path um by steve parkhouse uh, the Madman by Paul Neary and Mick Austin. Mm. Uh, Shandor, Demon Stalker by Steve Moore and uh, David Jackson. V for Vendetta. And then, uh, wait, I don't think it's got everybody. I don't think I'd list everybody because, um, well, maybe. Let's see here. Huh. Anyway, I thought I saw somebody different when I was looking in this the first time. Uh, but, like, this uh, anthology, because, like, for example, 
um, in the letters they mention um, Dave Gibbons and stuff. Uh, yeah. So like he did a lot of stuff. Basically, it was like all those guys from that era. Um, I think probably participated in this. And then the thing is too is they never finished V for Vendetta in this. Um, oh really? Yeah. So I don't. So I think Alan Moore. Uh, so I don't know if Alan Moore pulled out. Uh, or if these guys just went down. Um, does he have any kids? Huh? Yeah, he does. Uh, didn't you read the introduction? It's actually a really cute introduction here, dude. Well, he talks about his daughter in it. Well, you said really something about Alan Moore pulling out. I, I know. Dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not as slow as you think I am. I just didn't need to give it any time. Okay. Uh, I'm just saying, it made me think about, like, in, in the introduction, he writes something about, he's like, I have an eight-year-old daughter or something. He's like, I don't know what compelled me to write that, but it just came to my mind right now. That's like, cool, oh, that's dude. So cute, yeah, that's dude. awesome. What a good daddy. Um, but yeah, so um, you should uh, check these out. And I got to see if they have V for Vendetta in black and white. Cause oh, man. No I kidding. Totally want to read I just looked it up. They have a deluxe edition, but I can't find the noir thing that I was thinking. So hmm. I don't I know. Maybe Batman noir, dude. No, I think it was. It must have been Watchmen or something. I don't know. Something. Spider Man noir? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, uh, out, Daredevil noir? Nope. Dude, this is not Spider Man, Callie. <laughs> It's much worse. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, but, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. So, and and I want to say too, the coloring in this is actually pretty good coloring, um, because it's like all done like with watercolor, and it's. It reminds it, me of Year One. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I can see that. Just um, kind of pastels and. Right. Whatnot. And how they'll take like a tone, and do like you know a whole right. like a few pages with that same tone, um, and yeah. So I I think the coloring is technically really good coloring as well. It just uh, for me it takes away from this story itself but from what it actually was intended huh. to be right uh, but uh so yeah so they never finished it in warrior um they got so issues uh the last three issues were only published in dc uh hmm. everything else was before so yeah like they didn't even get a completed story over there so go america for us <laughs> 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 having a completed story right kelly right so speaking a little bit about his art, I know people are going to think I'm a little bit crazy, but there's just the occasional, I don't know if it's the inking or what have you, but some of it reminds me of Richard Corbin. Hmm. Like, look at this panel right here, for instance, on yeah. page 12. There's these little dots in, right. in the cloth and stuff like that. Yeah, I can see that. It yeah, just rem true. a lot, Not always, but they're just here and there. There's some stuff that reminds me of Richard Corbin. Like, that kind of looks like Corbin to me. Yeah, that's true. I can see that. And Corbin, ever since I was a kid, has always creeped me out. Yeah. And, like, so so that helped it to right. me. Um, just because, you know, it's not a super pleasant story. Right. And so, but yeah, like these little dots that he does and to shade in the in the background, it just... Yeah, I don't, I don't know well, why. Yeah, a lot of what that is, of those dots that you're seeing, is a dry brush. So it's like, uh, so he has um, textured paper, and he has on his brush, he gets almost all the ink out of it on like a, you know a paper towel or something. That's the technique, and then and then you can draw it across, and it just like leaves specks of oh. of paint on it. So hmm. there's another uh, way to do that called pointillism, right? Where you'll just do lots of dots. Oh, sure. But yeah, yeah. That, that's not what he was doing here. He was doing like it was just actually like really a dry brush brush technique. Excuse me. Huh. And I yeah, I, I think that that technique actually works really well huh. for shading. 
Um, and he does a good job, especially when I mentioned like the folds of the clothes and the capes and stuff. He'll do a lot of that, and I think it looks really good. Fantastic, yeah. Yeah. So Ryan, um, this is my second time reading this book. Uh, Spencer, how many? It, you've read it more than once. Third. Or no? Third. I'm just kidding. It's my <laughs> second time too. And the first time for me. Yeah. And what? Yeah. What did you? Th- so Ryan, overall, I mean, what did you? As as reading it for your first time, and obviously very politically charged and kind of the the um is it atmosphere that we're in now i don't know what you want to call it how do you it's not atmosphere um the tension of the the nation i guess sure what's your perspective um yeah uh i really liked it it's unfortunately very timely more so than ever um where our president retreats white power videos <laughs> it says that there's good good people over on the you know the Nazi side and all this kind of stuff. Just unbelievable <coughs> shit. And so it's just unfortunately very timely. And but in reading this, you know, sometimes I pull a cow at you guys and I and I <laughs> and like okay. like growing up I'm just like Shakespeare, he wasn't that good. <laughs> and you know, and, the, and then I get to college and I actually read something like oh, He's he's really quite good. And then, but then, so, you know, but then I go through these periods where I haven't read any Alan Moore in a long time. Like, Alan Moore, he's not that good. But then I read this and I'm like, oh, yeah, he really is really good. Yes. There's a, there's reason for his hype, dude. Right. Like when we we reviewed the swamp thing, and that was the same thing. It's just like, nobody writes like this. Nobody writes like Alan Moore, man. And I mean, he, I think a part of it is his character that makes people write him off a little bit and like some of the more offbeat stuff that he's written. Um, but like this and like, you know, Watchmen and Swamp Thing are like seriously right. masterpieces that could go right. up there with any writer of any type of book ever. Dude. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, like, yeah, there's some stuff in here. I, I unfortunately can't find it, but where he's talking about how quiet or silence is such a, beautiful and fragile thing yeah, it only takes a sound that. to destroy it or something yeah. i was like oh my god <laughs> yeah. awesome, it was yeah. just such a beautiful line and, and um just yeah the the dialogue in this is i think the the star the plot is really good of course i honestly probably you know and this is nitpicking this is stupid of me to say but like even if he would have not done the backstory to to v with all the concentration camp stuff, uh-huh. if that was not even in it, and he was just a mysterious character, it would have been fine. Right. But it was. it's still great with it. it, it but but I'm just saying, like, the plot itself, I think, is really good. But the, the script, the dialogue, is what is mm-hmm. outstanding. Oh, yeah. The, the way that people are communicating to each other in this right. book... I could have done without the dude that was in love with his computer and wanted to have sex like with his computer. Dude, actually, like I liked it, dude. You jam it into the floppy disk drive. <laughs> right. Yeah, dude. When he, like, just, like, uh, yeah, he's like ones and zeros. Yeah. yeah, but uh but no, like he's man, it is it's legitimately really, really freaking good and. Yeah, just the dialogue was just incredible. You know, one thing I so wanted to um, bring up to kind of uh, revert back to what you were talking about, how like the moron we have running this country and how he like sympathizes with the 
Nazi skinhead dudes. Well, Alan Moore made a good point in that video that I had sent um, about how there's he wanted to portray even the the bad people as even being like neighborly, sure, right? like like just like someone like you or me, and they just got caught up in it. Right, and but they don't do anything about it. Right, and and, and that's going a, along with the crowd. Right, and that's sure. the problem with what we're seeing. Sorry, I don't want to make this a political too late podcast. I did. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's what I'm seeing right now throughout the country is that people are just going along with whatever's happening, and like, oh, not my problem. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, we really yeah. need someone to well, write yeah, Guy he, Fox. Well, yeah, uh, one of the ones that he uh, that they showed in that interview. Um, if you want to look up on YouTube, it's called Alan Moore Speaks or something like that, mm-hmm. and they do one for each of his major like things he's ever done they're pretty cool um but uh yeah so when they're talking about how he uh writes good into the bad people they talk about that nurse that was at lark hill lark hill is a concentration camp right and Mm. she seemed like such a nice person and like a good person that you know probably needed a job at the time and then eventually stuff becomes normal that you don't you know normally you wouldn't accept right just because of what's happening around you and when v came to kill her so his whole thing if you don't know he's going around and he's basically trying to kill all these people that were in charge of like this uh camp that he was in uh concentration camp it's not the concentration camp but it's built it's a fictional concentration camp built obviously um like or written as like basically like the one that hitler had going kind of where they did tests on people and had ovens and everything so uh, anyway, this nurse basically is so... I love that part so much, dude. When he goes to come kill her, and she's yeah. just so relieved, dude. Like, because mm-hmm. she, she just... She's sick she, of watching her back. Yeah. yeah. And she just knows that she did yeah. shit. Yeah, she's been living yeah. with guilt for 20 right. years or whatever. And she was just... She was been waiting for him, basically. She says that. And she was... It wasn't fear. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything else. She just was, like, so relieved. And mm-hmm. then it was awesome because, like, that's the only person that V showed his face to in the whole book was that nurse. If you right. guys remember, like yeah. V never saw it. Nobody saw it except for that nurse. And well, then, didn't she ask to see his face? Yeah. She said, let me see your mm-hmm. face one last time or something. Yeah. And then she said, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then, but, and then later in the book, it goes back to where she said, it, you know, his face was like horrible or ugly yeah. or something right. like that when he was in the camp. Yeah. You know? And so it was really cool that when, when he came to kill her and he was nice to her too. That's I would love that yeah. too because he knew that she wasn't all bad. All the other guy people got killed, you know, in more violent ways, but he killed her basically in her sleep and then she then he woke her up. And then uh and then she's just like don't make it painful. Then she he's just like I I killed you 5 minutes ago yeah. Yeah, or something like that. Like, you know, I got to take so back cool. what I said about about the I could have done without that concentration camp part because that part yeah was one of the best parts and that couldn't have happened without that backstory so that's true so fuck me (laughs) (laughs) they were all thinking it dude um and then it was cool on the inverse like you know um the good people are shady too in fact that was what was was cool about this is uh i can't remember where if it was that interview that i heard or if it was um something i read but Alan Moore said the reason he likes the black and white version is because everything is just black and white, but every character is shades of gray inside this. And so yeah. I thought that mm-hmm. was a really yeah. cool contrast to have it, the drawing style be black and white. But yeah, like even V, I mean, he's a terrorist, right? Like yeah. he, he's a full on terrorist, but he's doing it, you know, he has a cause, but he's 
Is he crazy? He seems kind of crazy, dude. You know? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to live with him, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, he's unhinged, and he'll, he'll never answer any question you ask him. And he, I love that Evie's frustration gets shown. It's just like, why won't you answer yeah. anything yeah. I ever ask you? <laughs> and he, he never will give her a straight answer, and he's and he's an asshole to her. Let's talk about oh, that All part, the time, dude. dude. Oh, we, we, yeah. We, yeah, that, yeah. Bakes that whole camp for That's her. So Holy shit. And, oh, dude. So, is that... I know that he's breaking her down, right? Um, just to get like, just to like break her spirit, essentially. Right. But it's also, I guess, kind of a Stockholm syndrome kind of well, thing as well, well. Yes, but in that she kind of more identifies with her captor in a way. Yeah, that's that's but, actually a take I hadn't actually thought about. To tell you the truth, to me, I, I mean, I same... guess it's all kind of the same in that she's broken down and she. To me, it seemed more of like a. Uh, like a shamanistic ritual kind of thing like you know like the native americans where they would like you know do things where they would like you know pierce their chests and stuff and right. like go through the most ultimate pain to come out on the other side right right a, a better person and so that's kind of what it seemed like to me is what he was that trying to sense. do to her and, yeah. and that's what he went through too right to get to the place where he was yes. at well i think too is he knew, he knew that he needed someone to replace him because eventually something Something was going to happen to him eventually. Right. And I think that the only way to make her as strong as him or the way that he saw it was to have her go through the same thing that, right. that he went through. To also prove her her um, devotion to him. Because, you know, remember like when, when he like plays that back to her and he's like, um, tell me who V is or something. It was something to that effect. Like, uh, remember she would get escorted out to that, th- the... Uh, Oh yeah, so he, he pretended he was a, a guard trying to get the information. Correct, and she wouldn't yeah. she wouldn't give it up, right. you know. Right. And, and so finally, he's like, "No, I know you're worthy," you know. And um, and so like, I feel like he that was like his last phase to have her be ready to take the mantle of V. Um, but it was to continue legacy. Up, dude. Oh, dude, yes, it was so bad, without a doubt. Yeah, like, he he straight up tortures her, dude. He like is torturing her taking away every bit of dignity that she's got dude and Mm -hmm. oh that's the guy that she like trusted and she loved it was like the first time she was happy in so long and then that was the other part that made it worse is like when he first caught her then he just let her go right like and then she kind of found happiness anyway with that dude yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's what made it even more tragic is like he brought her back in and tortured her after she, you know, was so happy for so long and right. lost everything. And then he gives her hope through the letter, you know, like pretending yeah, to cool. be someone else. And, and mm-hmm. that, I think, kind of rose her spirits and, like, helped her um, become ultimately who she became. Right. Well, yeah. and that's, that again, he's just emulating his own experience, right? Because right. he says he got that letter. Right. Yeah, yeah he found that letter um, in his thing. His but room. who's to know? I mean, you're just taking V's word. For it. That's <laughs> right. him, honestly, because he's crazy, right? So, uh, like, he could have just made that part up, which to me is even more interesting. You know, it adds another dynamic to the story. It's like, did that person ever exist? There's no, there's no way to tell. I mean, we know that he was in Lark Hill, but we don't know that you know that person ever existed. So. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that part. The only part I don't like about that is like this is a pretty long book. They only used two pages, maybe, for her to be pissed about it and then be all on her side. <laughs> she does get over she it pretty quick. She gets over it really fast, dude. Yeah. He and takes like, her out in the rain and yeah, she and puts her arms up in the rain off, and yeah. then that's about it. And, and, like, and then she's okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, 
just I mean I'd still be a little <laughs> pissed about the waterboarding. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, she seemed to get over it really yeah, quick. And the but, starvation and yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But the thing is too, she she basically all of her personality shows through up until that point. After that, her person you don't see much of Evie's personality at all. She's just she's just like a a figure in the story that eventually becomes V. Like before that, you know, she has right. all this like innocence you know and things like that and like you can see a lot of her personality and joy and like all that's gone she doesn't have i mean any of that she's free and it's interesting because um the movie was directed by the wachowski i guess sisters now um and they do they both go to, to female yeah, they yeah, both both both. Uh-huh. yeah so um they uh the wachowskis did the uh, the v for vendetta movie but they also did the matrix which basically she's coming out of the matrix at this point, right? Like she's kind of <laughs> yeah. where she's, yeah. she's taking the pill. She knows she's free at that point. Right. right. So she's yeah. no longer a slave, even though she thought she was happy before or whatever. Now she's at the next level and that's kind of like what, uh, and she can Neo see goes reality. Through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Interesting. So I thought it was interesting. So like maybe the Wachowskis, they obviously like V for Vendetta cause they made the movie. So maybe they, there was some influence there when they oh, came probably. up with the matrix. Yeah, probably. Um, but, uh, yeah, dude, I, I mean, Evie's story, I don't know, man, is it tragic or I, I, I feel like the story, I think it is. Yeah, I think so. I feel like this story is mostly about Evie. Like that's like, even though V is supposedly the main character, I feel like he is the, the engine that pushes her along, but it's really about Evie. And if we, if we put ourselves in Evie, you know, like, or Um, what? It I'm didn't mean to come out that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but if we if we can picture ourselves as Evie, um, what difference can we make? You know, like in in a real life. I, I know this is. It sounds like. So you were talking about uh, post uh, after she's already V, or are you talking about before she before she becomes a V? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, no, she isn't. She's not going to make a difference. She's just a weak person before she meets V. Right. So then, right. so then she gets broken down. Then he breaks her down. Yeah. Burns away all that weakness. Again, it's a dick move, but but uh, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. I think that she is meant to be the the character that we obviously identify with. Right. Um, just because, you know. Who else is there? What, is the Matt? only other person might be the detective. That's the only person yeah. for me that I kind you can of see like. Yeah. Like a maker. Yeah. yeah, this seemed kind of like okay. I can see where this guy is coming from. Not that one Scottish dude because I couldn't understand I one thing he said. So yeah. bad, dude. Ugh. That part took me out of the story, dude. Because I'm struggling to like. Dude, it was like reading. It was like reading Huck Finn. Yeah. yeah, that's true. It was so rough. It was because it seriously. I was like, okay, was, I'm just gonna skip this word bubble because I can't <laughs> honestly figure out what he's saying here. Because because the way Elmore writes it is he writes it phonetically. Um, yeah. And maybe if we were British, we would be able to read the, the phonics better. But like, I had to kind of say it out loud. Yeah, that's that what I helped. ended up having to that do. Was actually say bit. it out loud. But yeah, that guy, and he had played such a big part of like the last oh, yeah. four issues of the book. I'm just like, please go away. Was <laughs> well, so weird too because he just randomly shows up and yeah. then like takes care of V and then leaves. You know, 
Well, so that to me is a good point to the thing where Alan Moore said maybe he didn't have everything planned when he first started the book, right? Because you do have characters that become important characters that don't even show up until like halfway through the book. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that could, that could be part of that. Maybe back to your question about, you know, Evie being a tragedy or not. Like, I feel like from a perspective of a father to, to daughters, I feel like if my daughter was to go through something like that, I would feel horrible for them. Right. So like in that instance, I feel like it's a tragedy, but in other instances, I feel like in order to grow as a person or a human being, you have to go through shit to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, but she went from going on her first, um, prostitution job to becoming someone who's going to possibly help change the world. Mm-hmm. So like, even though, it was a horrible process to get there. Is that not a better? It's a better outlook. Yeah, a better place to end up. Right. I mean, so, maybe, but so maybe it's not an outcry. I guess. But to me, outlook. it goes back to actually it goes back to the Matrix, right? Like when he offered him the red blue, blue pill and the blue pill, she was happy for a little bit there in the middle, right? Yeah. yeah. That's the ignorance to me. That's part of being in the Matrix, right? Like that's why um, Neo gets offered both ways. It's like, dude, you can go back and not know any of this and be fine, which she seemed kind of fine, you know, at the time right. until until he was killed, obviously. But uh, but then the, the other option is, you know, everything that's wrong with the world. You've experienced all the pain in the world. And then like, I don't know, like how much happiness can you really feel after that, after right, going right. through all that and knowing how bad it. everything is. Give me the is, pill, yeah. send me back. That's <laughs> what I say these days. Dude, part of it is true, dude. It's like, because I mean... I like to think about this world where Evie was with that nice gentleman, not the most handsome gentleman in the world, but a nice guy who treated guy. her nice. Yeah. yeah, which she wasn't used to that. You know, her, she lost her parents. And uh, so she finally reached a place where I think if, if that Evie went on living, she probably would have lived she a happy fine. life. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. But now she's she's making a big change and maybe she feels a sense of pride in that but also her personality is just gosh she's v at that point she's right. not evie anymore mm-hmm. right yeah. so yeah and then there's going to be another v after her right because they get she the guy at the, the very end yeah. yeah yeah which i had to go back and figure out who that dude was he was the too. guy that had the wife cheating on him right and then uh and then no, she bashed dude. him over the head or whatever wasn't and he's like it, leaning in I front of the tv another guy from the wasn't the it the detective I, that no, it's not the detective. Yeah, exactly. That's the See, problem. I can't. Yeah, it's I can't, not the detective. Though. Well, because there's two of them, and and they're both sleeping with her, the lady, and she and he that, goes no, up, and was, she's like, "You've ruined it for us." Well, yeah, right. that that was that. Yeah, that was that one lady. But that, was it one of the guys? I think it, was the, it wasn't the detective. The detective was the guy that was on the very last page. Actually, this guy. He's it's on the very last page of the last book, but he's not the guy that was chosen to be the next V. The next V was a younger, handsome guy. Yeah, he was left bleeding in front of that TV that he saw his wife sleeping with that other dude. Okay, okay. That's and so that's, I'm pretty sure that's, yeah. So so on that part where, so that, that was just a weird side story too, actually, that I don't know needed. I mean, the only reason that side story was in there was to lay uh, the grounds for the next V. I Correct. Think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Because yeah. when I first like saw that, I'm like, okay, why am I supposed to care about this? Oh, yeah. Lady? This is the, he's the young guy that helps the detective. Correct. I think so. He's like in, yeah, he's, he's like the younger in the fellow. eye at one point, or in the newsroom at one point talking to him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a, that, that was one of the hardest parts for me, is like so many of these characters. There was a guy that looked like the Scottish guy. So the Scottish guy, he had like a Norman Osborn kind of haircut. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then there was another guy that also had that. In fact, I think it was the dude that got killed 
also had that similar haircut. So I'm like, wait, what is it going on here? Um, but yeah, so that guy right there, Kelly, is this the dude that becomes V? Is he the one? Because he so. looks like yeah, I, th- I I believe so. Because he goes in to talk to and, uh, talk to the leader. Yeah, and then he then when he like looks at the screen later, he finds out that like his wife has been uh, messed around on him. Right. Yeah, because here's the Norman Osborne guy, and that's that's the dude's wife right there. Yeah, but that that guy also looks like the Scottish dude. That was where yes. I kept getting confused. I'm like, so that is the dude that gets killed, right? He, the guy that's kissing her legs and like giving her massages and stuff. Well, I think that he, well, he goes in to like fight her husband. See right here because he's like sleeping with her, and her husband uh, sees it or whatever. And so he they like fight in front of the TV, and one of them stabs the other one, and one of them oh yeah right one of them's left for dead, and the one left for dead is the one that becomes the V after Evie. Oh, it is. That's the one that's set up. I for thought it. the one that was left for dead was the husband. See, so here's who's the, the one killing. So who's here, the one with the wrench. The one with the wrench is the dude that was sleeping with his wife. Because look oh, right okay. here. So he. He like walks into the house, right? And he's like, and um, oh, maybe see, that's that dude right there. I'm pretty sure. So right? who's the dude? But the dude, that dude is the guy. So that was the other thing. Is, yeah, the video I, get I think that the times? husband lived. See right here. So he, yeah, he takes out the the blade, hits the hits the guy over the head. No, because right here he's being he's seeing her like show the her boobies up to the right, and so so that makes her husband all pissed off. So the dude comes to... in to hit him, and then he like turns around and cuts the guy that's hitting him with a wrench, which is the guy that's been sleeping with his wife. And then so he's... again, which guy becomes V? <laughs> 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 dude, I don't know, dude. I can't. That's confusing. <laughs> David Lloyd. <coughs> dude, um, don't say anything bad about David Lloyd. He actually teaches, uh, at least according to the thing in here, he's a teacher of comic like art somewhere in Britain. I mean, Wales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's weird, right? I mean, but I think the guy who becomes V is like a younger. That's. Guy, I right? thought it was. I. That's why I thought it was the guy that was, that had the wife, and that's why he's pissed because she was gonna take over the job of like the main guy. Cause remember she goes in and she's like, look what you've done. You've ruined it for us. And like, um, no, but cause the, she was trying to rise to the top of like the, no, but she wasn't. And she was trying to push her husband to the top. Right. Because she was like supposed to be the power behind. She was supposed to be the Hillary to Bill Clinton. But the only thing is I, the reason why I think that he is the one selected to be the new V after Evie is because he has a vendetta now against his ex-wife. Because she was banging that one dude. Does that make sense? Do you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If she rises to the top, then he has a reason to go after her. I think we're talking about two different ladies. <laughs> it's the same lady. There, there's one with red hair and then the one with like kind of white hair. Oh, no, dude. The hair just changes sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other problem with the colorized version, dude. Um, yeah. Mm. Another sense we're back to nitpicking against this book that we all love so much. Because <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely do love this book. It's so actually much. really good. Yeah. It's just it is very a few good. parts yeah. confusing. But there were some, sure. some parts where uh, the word balloons were shared. You know how like sometimes you'll have a word balloon bumped up against yes. another word balloon yes. and then you'll have the thing going down to say who's saying it. But then w- there'll be two people sharing these word balloons, but yeah. they'll only come down to one person. Like when the Scottish dude was walking with that lady, it was happening a lot. It's like yes. the Scottish dude would, would have one half of the word balloon, the lady would have the uh-huh. other, and it would only be going down to the lady's mouth. But like you knew because it was in Scottish, right. that it was this other kind of conversation. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe because his his language was so different, 
that maybe like you could just tell it was him and then her. Right. You 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 could just because you could just yeah, assume his, it because it his stuff was impossible right. to read. And when Alan Moore usually doesn't write to like a lower level, he he's very high level writing. You know. So yeah, he doesn't dumb his stuff down, which is good. Um, hmm. He assumes his readers are smarter than we are, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so so who was married to the leader? Didn't the leader... No, the leader, the actual leader was married to his computer. No, he was in love with his computer. But he wasn't married. Oh, he wasn't? No. Because for some reason, too, I thought that he was the one that was... Yeah, no. The whole he, reason why he was in powers... Because he talked about how he was in love with uh, Justice or whatever. Right. You know, and I he, remember that part. And, yeah. But also, I think he may have been... But he mentioned uh, that he never got married because... I think he, he may have also been... Yeah, you're right. He never did. Because I remember at one part thinking that he might have been, like, closeted, like, too. And so, because he couldn't come out because he was the leader that mm. he showed all of his affection to his computer too. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, which definitely could have been. I mean, dude, I could be married. It's like us and our cell phones these days, dude. Yeah. You know right. Like, yeah. We're all right. that way with our phones. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, anyway, there's that other lady whose husband died, who went and bought a gun from the Scottish dude. Right. right? Then ended up assassinating the, Oh yeah. That's leader. why she killed the leader. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Shot him in the face. Got and the then, gun from the Scottishman. And then, what was the Scottishman? He was in with the police department, right? Right. Or, He's kind of just like in a local mob, local gang. Right. But they come and hire him and his goons to help them, like, enforce curfew and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. That's right. And, yeah, so he seems to, like, not really care too much about what side, you know, he's on. Right. Um, Whoever pays the most. Right. And he was interesting. But, yeah, her, she was tragic, man. The, like, yes. The one who lost her husband and then went and assassinated the leader. Yeah, like, for sure. And then she was just, like, tortured and held, like, and questioned, like, after she killed the leader, right? Because um, they were they assumed that V had hired her. But she didn't really have a connection with V right. at all, right? Yeah. Um, oh, and then there's the other thing we haven't talked about, the the acid trip that the guy goes on. Oh, um, right. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. That, that's what the Alan Moore that we, you know, that's, like, what you would just uh, the cliche Alan Moore thing? You're like, okay, he's got to put some weird thing in there, Dr- right? So yeah, drug use and yeah. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of people that say, you know, that like uh, hallucinogenics or something that can open your mind and let you understand things that you couldn't mm-hmm. anyway. But um, right. but uh, yeah, it's just weird that he's like, he can go to a prison and he knows that if he takes this LSD, he's gonna know everything that happened. Right. Here. Yeah. <laughs> but he'll see and like it plays perfect. out that way too. Yeah. You'll yeah. see perfect flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To me, that's a little hard to believe. That it's like instead of just watching a cloud, yeah, exactly. like, while looking at a tree for five hours, it'll he'll get like perfect flashbacks. He could see into right. the past. Yeah. Right. To see exactly what happened there. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to me because it was after that point, everybody was just like, cause he changed completely. Right. Which is like that thing I was saying, you know, where, you know, Joe Rogan is somebody like that, right? Like this says, you know, hallucinogenics will change your life forever. You're not, you don't look at the world the same anymore. And that's what happened to this guy so much that he didn't want to be a part of, you know, the government at all anymore. Yeah, he like just walks wanted off. to do yeah. his own thing and everybody's yep. just like, Oh no, it's the drugs. It's the drugs. Yeah. Um, uh, well, there was one other person I want to talk about. Um, I can't remember right now. Uh, Something that I enjoyed just because of my own personal interests was uh, he quotes V, not a lot, but he quotes um, Alistair Crowley quite a oh, bit. Yeah. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law, uh, which I never 
thought of as kind of a political statement, but I guess that it is when when the politics are, are anarchy. Right, yeah, for uh, sure. That makes um, a lot of sense, just because I've always known it as as that, which was then kind of adapted into the Levian Satanism, like do what thou wilt as long as you don't hurt anybody else and all this right. kind of stuff. But then, like, to have it be a political statement, like, and in, in, uh, to support anarchy was, I thought, was very interesting. Yeah. Not something I ever would have thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that one saying? The personal is political and political is personal or right. whatever. But anyway, so that, I thought that was yeah, really I, interesting. I, I like cool. that a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is, that I mean, that is the anarchy that, that Alan Moore believes in that he's trying to convey here. It's just... It's not. There's a big difference between anarchy and chaos, right? So, yeah. so like that thing. Uh, what Alistair Crowley was saying is just like we can take care of ourselves. That's that's what th- this version of anarchy basically is. It's like you could take care of yourselves. You don't need somebody to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Well, at one point, I think Evie even asked V like, "What's the difference between chaos and anarchy?" And he's like, An- "Anarchy has a leader, or, or like someone to like." Anarchy doesn't have a leader. Well, but you know, he said chaos has no direction, whereas whereas uh, as whereas anarchy yeah. does have a direction. Yeah, it was more. Something it was something like that. Like yeah, that. it wasn't yeah. a leader. Yeah, it sounds... might be a purpose. Like maybe it was purpose. Yeah, it was something to those lines, though. Right. But yeah, yeah, because like um, people assume that anarchy is just uh, like the is just craziness going around, everybody killing each other, robbing yeah. each other. Like there's order to it, right? Well, but it's it's self. It's self-appointed order, Government, right? Like yeah, you right. treat other people with respect, you know. And uh, yeah, Alan Moore was saying that in the interview too. He's he was saying like point zero 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 one percent of the people cause ninety nine percent of the problems, right? <laughs> right so, exactly. And, and he says most of those people are the leaders, which is true. Like, yeah. I mean, they're the ones that get us into wars. Like you know, who's to say that you know they're uh, who massive scale wars like you know world wars and stuff. I mean, how do you do that without leaders right like right yeah have to yeah they wouldn't happen be in right. place for that so and that's i mean a little bit about like kind of what we're going th- uh, through now it's not not to that extent we don't want to get rid of our leaders but people right now are wanting to get rid of the police force and stuff like that and everybody's freaking out because people want to defund the police right now right because right. we're in a time right now of political upheaval and protests and riots against the police um because basically we're paying them to kill us and like, <laughs> yeah. and like, and so people are coming out saying stuff like that and everybody else is, you know, thinks, well, what's going to happen if there's no police, it's just going to be all craziness. And according to this line of thought, you know, it might not, you know, like, I mean, I know when people say defund the police, they aren't saying to get rid of police altogether. Uh, but it's, again, that's more too political, but, um, I just think that, you know, I, I like the idea of this that people can just take care of themselves treat other people with respect right, right? yeah and i mean it might be too but like, it's also rose-like. kind of a yeah exactly yeah. Rose it's yeah, a very exactly. lofty <laughs> right goal because i mean i that's how i want to think too it's yeah. like people are decent people will take care of each other and i think that most people probably would but again there's there's just shitbirds out there there's a lot that will ruin it now. for yeah, everybody think about like yeah. okay so i know political talk here um let's do it the thing is like people like refusing to wear masks right like we think people take care of each other but then when yeah, when chips know. are down people don't give a crap right yeah. exactly so it's like dude like we we want to claim that we all want to take care of each other 
you know, and some of us really do, but like some people, you leave it to these inbred white trash <laughs> people that like, I don't know. Right. They, they don't want to wear masks because it infringes upon their rights or right. whatever, yeah. you know, but then it's Even like you're endangering in, other people. Right. Exactly. They're infringing on our rights not to get right. sick. Right. But so, so that's yeah. the thing is like, so, yeah, for the just, most part, like in certain situations, yeah, I think people would band together and, and really come together. I think most people would, but again, there's just, yeah, no, dude, yeah. you make a good point about that. Like, yeah, you would be having people like, Stepping on each other all the time, buying up all the toilet paper and stuff. Right. Like, when, <laughs> because right. people yeah. look out for themselves so much. And I don't know, maybe it's the American culture that has, uh, uh, I mean, I know it's probably worldwide, but it feels like extra here in America, right? Because like we've got more cases of Most definitely, COVID yeah. than any other country. Right. And it just seems we're so self entitled that we're just, we look out for ourselves and then if we have time, we can we'll help the other yes. person. throw a bone right. to somebody else. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But the bones have eaten. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, right. yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, so, like, you have people, too. And now is a big thing because there's all these riots and stuff, right? Which is, you know, kind of chaotic. And it just makes you, you know, think, you know, what what is that serving i mean this in in v for vendetta is worse because they're actually there's bombs and stuff right? yeah, what like if that was yeah 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 what if people are sending trains full of explosives like <laughs> downtown right like that would be a different story but even still it's like one of those balances like sometimes the leaders aren't listening unless people are doing stuff like that so. well and the thing yeah. is like if you think about uh v too like he's aiming a lot of like his destruction specifically at leadership right like yeah, sure. it's not just like it's not like him to another citizen he's asking for citizens to band with him mm-hmm. and he's aiming his destruction at the leadership right so mm-hmm. like driving a train into the white house you know would like solve the problem and his goal and again forgive me i might be thinking of the movie here <laughs> but you know he obviously had certain people that he wanted to take revenge on they specifically also, they yes. also happen to be uh leaders of this movement but besides them i think he was more trying to destroy symbols mm-hmm. parliament and these other these big symbols of the establishment instead of just killing people right. he wanted to destroy this symbol as a as an idea but right were those symbols empty when he blew them up in the, I think they were in, in the movie oh, at really? least. Yeah, which um, I watched a couple of days ago. Well, so about, like, that's this, more fresh the, on my mind. The Civil War, uh, Civil War, quote unquote heroes, <laughs> right? That we oh, already beat that, in a war. <laughs> well, now they're pulling like the statues down. You know, like I mean, yeah. that's that's very similar. Going after those symbols, you know. So at the very beginning, uh, that's uh, there's another thing because like. The, the idea Ryan was saying is he wasn't actually killing too many people, right? Other than, like, the main people he targeted. Who did he, Oh, and the very first person he actually didn't kill. He made the person go crazy, right? Like, the guy that dressed up like a doll. He right. painted his face like a doll because he collected dolls. Because he collected dolls. dolls, yeah. Right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, and he yeah. was on the train. Oh, man, I forgot about that. And uh, in one part they said something about how they... Uh, that um, they didn't... He didn't kill anybody. But, like, if you look at this train thing right here... Look at the train conductor. Um, either he's dead or he's just totally sleeping. But like, <laughs> when the detectives come to like uh, talk about this, they they I think they mentioned at one point that he didn't actually kill anybody or something. Mm. 
But I, I kept, for some reason, was focused on his train conductor. I'm like, yeah, totally slumped oh, wait, over. what's going on with the train conductor? I mean, maybe he just knocked him out. But Yeah, it could be. Because uh, people get, in fictional things can get knocked out relatively <laughs> easy. So. Just the butt of his uh, sigh or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, another cool thing is all of the chapters, right? Start with V. Uh-huh. Yes. Victims. Uh, one thing that's interesting is um, in the stories that weren't included in, in Vertigo's version, one of the chapters is actually called Vertigo. Oh, awesome. Which is crazy. Yeah. Nice. So that, um, which this actually was included in the uh, UK magazine. Yeah. Um, but what's really interesting is this. So there's two chapters that were never printed in the original book. But if you get the, or, I mean, in the DC version of it, but if you get the trade, um, the second chapter called Vincent is a completely wordless chapter. It completely sticks out different than any of the other stories there's no word balloons at all it's just all um this stuff and then there's this um this guard who knows what v was in there doing and then he basically opens the door and like salutes yeah yeah. like a v as he's walking out which is kind of cool um but yeah uh v was he i don't know man was he so the other thing too so his whole thing was he started in lark hill and he was they were doing tests on people right Everybody else died during the yeah. tests, right? And he was called V because he was in room five. So it's a Roman numeral V. And that's how he just became known to himself, right? He presumably yeah. had a life and a name before that, but doesn't talk about it at all, right? No. Um, but they just kept doing these tests on him and administering all these crazy things to him. Everybody else died, but he didn't. So did he get better stronger because of the chemicals and I, stuff I, I would think say so. he did yeah yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that they uh, I don't know that it's established necessarily in I the story they even say there might be one line about it or oh, something really? but but yeah like I think he had more nuts <laughs> he was kind of Captain America up a little bit and so that, he was like that makes me wonder why he didn't do that to Evie then because if he's wanting to give Evie the exact same experience why didn't he do tests on her he might not have known what ingredients there were. <laughs> he only knew about flowers. Yeah. <laughs> he was a botanist um, that could light an entire camp on fire. So that's how he basically, yeah. basically yeah. finally got out, right? Is fertilizer. He, and he all ordered like right. fertilizer, which is explosive, and like uh, these uh, these other things to be able to light the whole place on fire. But was there anybody left there? I mean, all the people he wanted to kill got weren't there when it happened, right? Because obviously they were still alive. Yeah. So, and if I, I mean, was everybody dead? <laughs> I mean, maybe some guards or something like were there. Well, I think I, it doesn't really explain how big it was, but I, I, in my mind, I would think it would be like a, a big camp with like tons of victims there and lots See, of leadership and guards and I stuff. I don't know right? if it was that big. I, I got a feeling it's more small because if you look at the detective, once he was in the place he was wandering around. It was just like uh, little shacks and stuff uh-huh. here and there. But then he took the LSD and then it just like lengthened out. There's one scene where like the fence, which was small in the previous panel, like extends out miles horizon. and miles. Yeah, yeah. Right. so yeah, I gotta, and I think that was just part of his trip. I don't think that that was hearkening back to the way it was. I, I think uh-huh. he just, it, it, it felt, when he started tripping out, it felt bigger than it actually was. Um, okay. I mean, I think it was still pretty good size, but I don't think it was like huge. Um, because like they go through the patients and there's only so many rooms. I mean, how many rooms could there have been if he was patient number five? I mean, why wasn't he patient 536? 
True. Right? I yeah. mean, well, there's got to be a number five somewhere in there. I know, but it's just <laughs> a little convenient if you ask me. Yeah. Maybe there's only ten rooms, dude. Maybe. Yeah. And maybe everybody hmm. else died except him. Yeah. And so when you set the place on fire. Yeah. So one thing that's interesting too is this. Um, like I said, it was published in '82, but came to DC in '88. So uh, the reason it came to DC is Ellen Moore was already at he, DC sure, for Swamp uh, Thing, right? Yeah, doing yeah. this stuff. So like. Yeah, they gave him... And Watchmen would have been done by then as well. Was it? Wasn't oh, that? yeah, 86 or... When was Watchmen? Oh, was I think Watchmen came after, came after Swamp Thing. Yeah, yeah, well, for sure it did. I'm just talking about uh, uh, V oh, for Vendetta. Oh, okay. It would have been published before this DC published this. Uh, right? Maybe. Well, yeah, I think so. I think they were kind of right around the same time, actually. I remember seeing Watchmen issues... At the bookshelf, and I remember seeing V for Vendetta's. Uh, they were pretty the close. I, like, I do. I think, think they so. may have been like one or two years after each other, because Alan Moore didn't have to write this, right? Again. Right, it was already done. Yeah, so he was yeah. writing Watchmen like while this was probably being released. So I can see that maybe happening. Uh, let's see. Um, so, well, this in my trade it says cover and compilation copyright 1986, 1987. So I think it would have been... Oh, so 86, and, yeah. Yeah, 86, 86, because so it was originally published in single magazine format. When Watchmen came out, yeah. Yeah, so okay. So, so yeah, he would have already done Swamp Thing and Watchmen by this point, which is interesting. Hmm. Even I though V for Vendetta would have been written, written before, before probably either of those, correct? Of yeah, because yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did it in it for the Brit, uh, the British magazine. Right, in 80, 82. Hmm. Yeah. Did he do anything for DC after these? Uh, Killing Joke, I think, was after oh, yeah. this yeah, stuff, right? right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, for some reason I forgot that was Elmore. And then he did uh, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah right. um, so, uh, and then... I th- when did he do Hell... Did he do Hellblazer, or did he just introduce Constantine in the Swamp Thing I don't know. stuff? I don't know if he wrote Hellblazer. I don't okay. think he did write Hellblazer. Okay. And then he... But in so, the 90s, he was doing image stuff, dude. Right. So yeah. he wrote Supreme, and he wrote Pro- Violator uh, versus Bad Rock, did, which uh, crazy. Yeah. No, that was, that's not image. I can't remember who did Tom Strong and... Oh, like America's Best Comics. Okay. ABC. Like Prometheus yeah. and stuff. Yeah, he and did, then he, he did, yeah, he did this really that. awesome series. And the reason why... Oh, you guys are going to hate me for this. But he, <laughs> he, I like it so much because it is archetypes of other heroes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. That sounds familiar. It's yeah. called... Uh, it's called, um, oh, what's it called again? Uh, top ten. So it's a police force oh, yeah. that like basically like uh, governs like heroes and mythical characters and stuff, and they go to these different dimensions. Um, and Dude, so wasn't he wrote that, that. Tom Strong. I thought he was in that too. Was he not? I think I think they visited Tom Strong like once or twice, oh, okay. but Tom Strong wasn't. They're part of the same like ABC comics, but okay. Tom Strong, okay. it was his own thing. Okay, and then I think I think uh, DC ended up purchasing Tom Strong or something. Did they really? Yeah, because I, I read a say lot he was, of Tom Strong. It was great. I want to say it. he was published by DC at uh, one. I could find hmm. it. I have a trade of it. Did, but. did DC do or Vertigo do League of Extraordinary Gentlemen too? Who did that one? Oh gosh. I think it was also um, the same thing, America's Best. I don't know if it was, dude. I have a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen somewhere. Hey, Siri, who published League (laughs) of Extraordinary Gentlemen? (laughs) The answer I found is DC Comics. Oh, dude. Dude, Siri knows what's up. Yeah, see? Well, a little late. DC Stories of Ellen Moore. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so it has the... Oh, I did uh, some Green Lantern? Yeah, he actually... Okay, so it's called The Green Bell... 
And so this character, I don't remember her name, but she goes. So up, he has a trade right now, listeners. That's called. Yeah, he said it. The DC universe, the stories of Alan Moore in DC is Killing Joke in there. That seems like why uh, would you? It, I don't remember if it's include in this all one. of Killing Joke because Joker's on the front of it. Yeah, the vigilante. Um, uh, that, no, he's not. There's that um, one for the man that has everything. The one where um, Mongol gives Superman that plant that like grips his head, oh, yeah. and he like hallucinates that he's back on Krypton. Huh. That's a really good story. So this this one called Blackest Night in Blackest Night. Um, it's about the Green Bell. And um, she goes out, this Green Lantern, I don't remember her name, but she goes out to this farthest part of the galaxy that has no light. So all the aliens are blind. So instead hmm. of it being green light, it's green sound. And so um, it, it uses sound as like its power as opposed to like... Um, and it did a straight up Batman issue? Wait, yeah. go Dude, back to that. Is that, that Bra- is that Bray Fogle? Annual Dude, Batman, Moore uh, and Freeman, so, and Collins and Bray oh, So that would be yeah. Max on Collins, I'm guessing. Um, you can look at here. So that's Batman Annual number 11. Interesting, yeah. dude. I, 1987. Yeah, I need to get this trade, actually. It's pretty cool. Huh. Um, yeah, here. Freaking right Killing oh, Joke is in joke. there. Is it the whole thing? Yeah. Oh, sorry, this is the Red Hood story. Or is that a Killing Joke? That's Killing no, that's Joke. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yep. It's the whole thing. What the heck? No, is it? No, because you already done it. Let's see, The Killing Joke. It's the whole last part of the book. I guess, maybe. I guess it's the whole book. Huh. Huh, that's crazy. Yeah, see, the very end. Huh. Interesting. Well, dude, it just seems cool. I'd like to get it. That sounds awesome, dude. I didn't know that he ever wrote a Green Lantern story. That's cool to me. Um, Elliot, yeah. just did a straight up action comics issue too. What That's the one it? that for whatever happened to the oh, super, okay. uh, the Man of Tomorrow or whatever, huh. and it, like Brainiac like attached himself to Lex Luthor, and they like infiltrate the uh, Fortress of Solitude. This is a pretty fun book because there's like all these different things that he did, pretty crazy, and the Vigilante. So it's called the DC Stories, but Swamp Thing's not in there. But I guess it's not. It was Vertigo. No, was it? No, Swamp Thing was DC when he first got yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, there is a Swamp Thing on the cover. Yeah. So maybe there is a Swamp Thing issue in there. Somewhere. I think he might appear, but I don't know if it has actual like Swamp Thing huh. story. Because I don't remember reading Swamp Thing in this. There's a Green Arrow. Interesting. Anyway. Well, dude, there you go. Yeah. So good, uh, good reads there. That's fine. Two short stories. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I was actually looking. Have you guys heard anything that he's even done recently? Um, like the, yeah, the last no. thing I heard that he did was called Lost Girls. And that was, was that, forever ago. Yeah, he was forever. Like he's, he's done yeah. some H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft like Necronomicon stuff since, but uh, um, there's like a I think some anthology he's done some stuff in. Like uh, I want to say it's called Raunch, but that's not it. That's a record a story. On <laughs> yeah. Um, Huh, interesting. Um, one thing we didn't talk about is, so um, in this uh, version of uh, England, um, it's there was a huge war, right? Um, yeah. The, uh, and it basically, it was regular, regular um, Great Britain, regular England, and then there was this huge war. This was written in 1982, but it, is set, it starts in 1997, right? So sometime between then, there was a huge war. Then they set up, they rebuilt. Oh, basically, yeah, it was like the Nazis coming to take over the country. Um, but not the Nazis in this book, but whatever they were, the fascists, either way. And then they set up their own government. 
and then part of their government is all done with like they have like the nose which is like what the detectives oh yeah yeah uh-huh. and they have the, the finger what is the the finger is like the police like the like the the finger not, man yeah that's yeah, what they call the it that. Yeah, yeah so it is kind of like the the police they're like the beat cops yeah, basically right. whereas the nose is like the detective cops yeah. Yeah. and then the voice is like the the media. their media their broadcast mm-hmm. yeah and then uh what else they got they have the ears What's that? Which is kind of like surveillance, I think. Oh. It's surve- yeah, or that's the eye, right? The eye. They have the eyes. They have the eyes, but they also they did say oh, something about hmm. ears in there. But right. I, no, I do think so. The eye is like uh, I think yeah, the surveillance, but the ears maybe like uh, something different. I don't know, but I do think they're hand in hand. Um, but I thought that was kind of cool how we just set this whole new like system up, and then they were all called this, and they all have one purpose. England prevails. Mm-hmm. Like they're all supposed to be like united in their cause and everything, and but all the people at the top are corrupt and mm-hmm. scumbags, and uh, sounds a little too familiar, man. They're very oh, familiar, boy, yes, <laughs> indeed. The only thing is, we don't. Well, maybe we do have surveillance on us everywhere. Oh, dude, sure, dude. dude. Dude, haven't you been hearing about the uh, facial recognition stuff that the, the police and stuff are using? I know, dude. Yeah. They're like they're picking people out of like riots, dude. They really doing facial recognition. It's like in use now. People are using facial recognition software Holy right crap, now, crap, dude. dude. And like, yeah, so you. Like, that's why they tell you, actually, like, um, if you're, like, I was watching some stuff, like, for people that are going to protest, and they're like, if this turns into riot, make sure your face is covered, because... Guy Fox masks. Yeah. See, there you go. Wear face masks, people. (laughs) I know. Like, the people in Salt Lake that are, Uh that turned over um, the the police car, and you remember that, like, a little while ago? Mm -hmm. They've they've almost arrested all those people that were involved with that. That's insane. because they went back with, like, video surveillance. Facial recognition. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. So, yeah, we're really not far away from that. That's what's so crazy about how prescient this was and how... Yeah. I mean, dude, what is Alan Moore? Does he feel, like, happy, like, cool that he thought of all this? <laughs> or does he feel sad? Yeah. I, bet he's, I, bet he, I bet he's sad. I bet he's very sad. I think, yeah, he's probably, yeah. I mean, it's just... Man. I mean, that's the problem with like stuff like this. Like 1984 is the same thing. Like when it was written, it seemed kind of preposterous. Like they took an idea that something of that's happening that's right. small, mm-hmm. blew it up. But then you actually like get to those places. Well, I was right? thinking it's too because of uh, you know the whole Ray Bradbury theater thing and the thing about Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. And yeah. like a dystopian future, you know, burning books and, and it's just like taking away our knowledge. And it just feels like, dude, the more I'm on the internet, the more dumb I feel all the time. For sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, there's news stories make you feel like crap. And it's like, dude, so I don't know. It, it's very telling. Like, it's weird that like Alan Moore per- basically prophesied this in 1982. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, and then you go back to um, George Orwell, 1984, too. It's like crazy because he came up with this whole thing that people were just going to talk stupider and there was going to be this like <laughs> language where people talk stupider and if you look yeah. at the internet that's exactly, exactly what yeah, yeah exactly it's crazy and like, like right now we communicate with emojis and it's right <laughs> it's crazy to think that like when i first read that i was like yeah that's weird that that's the way he thought it was going to go but nope that's the way it's going people and are like the whole it. yeah in 1984 the whole double speak double thing yeah. thing or whatever yeah. like i swear i think it was day two uh-huh. of Trump's presidency because in day one they, they came out and said his inauguration was the most attended <laughs> inauguration of all time <laughs> hands down and they, they doctored yeah. all these photos and then in day two Kellyanne Conway said coined the term alternative facts yeah, right. I, I swear to God that is from 1984 <laughs> I think that is legitimately from yeah. 1984 
Yeah, and crazy. so they've been doing that shit so much <laughs> that nice. it is it is just mind-boggling. You know, and that's the thing is we have somebody at the top who is not educated, who's not smart at all, who, right? Who would talk like the people talk in 1984, just using like a limited vocabulary of like a thousand <laughs> words? Like that's that's what we've yeah, got. Yeah, that's all those tweets are right is the now. same thing yeah. repeated. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah. And here we are, Kanye 2020. Ugh, <laughs> damn it. Dude, my only fear is that um, Trump, I don't know if you're allowed to do this, but if Trump dropped Pence and got Kanye as his running mate, I think they got a guaranteed win, dude. And that scares me to death. If Kanye didn't want to run as president, but if he was willing to be vice president, vice president yeah. I think that like it would guarantee Trump a win. And that's so sad, dude. That would be ridiculous. Oh, that's so scary to me. But all, all the dipshits that are going to vote for Kanye, that's just that's just going to take away votes from uh, yeah. somebody that's actually who capable. we need to beat. Yeah. yeah, I don't even Trump. know if he's capable. But anybody's more capable than Trump, dude. Like Man. that's the other. Thing. Yeah, I'm not even a big fan of Biden, but like, well, he's a moron too. Yeah. But at least he's <laughs> yeah. not a sociopath. Yeah, he's, he's just, just an idiot. Senile, like <laughs> groper. Dude. Yeah, he's just the he's just the Democratic version of George W. Bush. <laughs> yeah. He's just a yeah, dumb guy. <laughs> But ho- hopefully right. they'll hook him up with something somebody smart. I bet honestly, I could go anything is a step up. Yeah. It know, is. So. Yeah, he's not a sociopath, <sighs> a Nazi, so good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I don't know, man. If this happens again, we may need another V. I'm not calling for one because I have a job that I need to keep. <laughs> um, but <laughs> maybe somebody would want one. To have. <sighs> yeah. But maybe it's Cali. Dude, I would love to put a mask, mask on. Yeah. You did. You and did just look in that mask. Run around blowing things up, dude. That'd be so awesome. Now I'm gonna get arrested for terrorism. Yeah, he's just joking. I am joking. I do have a mask, but he I'm does not gonna, have a guy I'm not gonna don it. Yeah. yeah, he's he's not that ambitious. No, actually. definitely not. It's hard enough to get him to record a podcast. <laughs> exactly. His wife wouldn't let him let him oh leave to gosh, go blow up the dude. town. <laughs> <laughs> Callie, you never spend enough time with us. Don't go blow up the town. <laughs> oh, dude. Right? Uh, yeah. True. Yeah. Okay. Squeet. Uh, squeet. 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 That means let's go eat, dude. It's, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Squirty eaty. Um, yeah. I, thank you. <laughs> England prevails. Britain prevails. Make America. Uh, Britain. Wales prevails. Again. Yeah. Good, good life. Good, good, yeah, good life.